Welcome back to this week's episode of Rising Giants with your hosts, Max Thornton and Dom Kalusik. We have the huge pleasure of speaking with Lang Dachi, founder and CEO of BookMeBus, one of Cambodia's most successful startups. BookMeBus is an on-demand transportation platform connecting national destinations and international countries in the Mekong, enabling domestic and foreign travelers to purchase bus, ferry, and taxi tickets online with ease. We love this episode as Langda shares with us his story prior to founding BookMeBus, as well as his future outlook on the Cambodian market and startup ecosystem. We hope you enjoy. It's a huge pleasure to have you on the show today, Langda. Max and I have been looking forward to this conversation for a while now, and we are very excited to be learning more about both your journey leading up to founding BookMeBus and more about your business today. In preparation for our interview, I was reading through multiple articles highlighting your time around when you founded BookMeBus, but I wanted to get started by going back a little bit earlier and learning about where you grew up in Cambodia and what your early life was like. Hi, hi Dom. Uh, hi, uh, Max. Thanks for having me in your one of your uh, podcasts. Uh, yeah, so I, I was born in Phnom uh, Penh City and uh, um, raised in, in Phnom Penh City, Cambodia as well. While my parents are uh, born uh, in Battambang City, which, which uh, the province that I got a chance to travel back and forth, back and forth a lot, um, especially with the Khmer New Year and Chinese New Year, where we have to go there and do some praying and family relative meet up. And that's how, that's how I started to travel and see some issue with um, traveling industry, right? Um, because every time we go to the province, we have to either we take a, a share taxis or a bus. Yeah, uh, so that's it. And in those early years, did you have any sort of attraction towards technology or did you really know that you wanted to head down that direction of becoming an, a software engineer or was there a moment in that time uh, maybe some specific some specific moment that you realized that you want to continue moving forward learning about tech oh yeah um not at all man i i did not plan at all um after i graduated high school so um, at that time, I picked um, to um, roll into a computer science uh, degree uh, because I know a little bit about Photoshop. So I thought that I should um, study um, um, IT, information technology. And uh, so then I just uh, do it. And, and then I start to obsess with um, coding at that time because um, I feel it's awesome, you know, when we, um, solve problem when we um, um, figure out a solution of how um, this function, how this kind of programming can help, you know, um, people can help user um, save their tons of time by automating and do those magic behind the scene and stuff, right? So uh, more, day by day, I start to get more obsessed with it. And, uh, and then I just, you know, um, do a lot of research and love um, IT stuff. And besides um, uh, um, studying uh, computer science, I also um, take class and in uh, uh, BEd, uh, Bachelor of Education at a 
um, Institute of Foreign Language uh, for teaching English as a uh, foreign language. So I graduated uh, from Computer Science in 2000, 2011. And um, 2013, I graduated from um, IFL. And during that time, as you mentioned before, that you your initial, I guess, obsession, we'll call it, with Photoshop, what was it that you were doing with Photoshop at the time? Was it just working on some, some of your own pictures that you were interested <laughs> in? Or was there some sort of... of business behind it that you were you know making money at the time as a as a university student no at the time it's just you know it's so trendy that you know you are like Pete um, you love postcard you love um, um photograph you love design and stuff right so um at that time when we were in high school um we uh, I like among other uh Cambodians um student as well um so where we take a a what we call a summer break something um the class that you you need to do extra class uh, you know after the full-time class um so we done that a lot at batuk uh, area uh, center so there's a lot of uh, courses um, um that they teach like microsoft office microsoft word microsoft excel photoshop and microsoft powerpoint and stuff at that time right it, um, so I enrolled in one of the course in Photoshop and I start that way. I, I start first touching computer and I, I kind of like start to love it where we can do magic, you know, with all those photos, like I can convert a Mac to Dom, Dom to Max, you know, and stuff <laughs> like beautiful angel, like it's like magic, um, that Photoshop stuff. And I do a lot of postcard at that time, and it's also what made me got um 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 sight problem. Like I had to wear glasses because of that. Spend many hours on Photoshop and stuff, right? And yeah, so that's uh, so funny about that Photoshop things. Yeah, it's wild how these early these these early I guess obsessions. I'll go back to it and just wanting to. You know, when something sparks in in your head about what you're really interested in, and you you don't realize that how fast like time flies by, and um, it really is it helped build a, you know the foundation of what you know what you're doing today, really, and that's that's exciting. And I might have to take you up on that Photoshop, especially uh, you know what they say. I have a face for a podcast, so. <laughs> um, but during your time at university, um, you did have a position where you were a freelance uh, web designer. Could you talk to mm -hmm. us a little bit about what that was like and uh, maybe some of the skills that you learned during that time that um, may have helped with your uh, development as an as a engineer? Right. Um, so um, back in my um, university life, I started um, to earn extra money uh, when I was um, in year two or year three, uh, where you know I started talking to um, friends and, and customers who own business or run a store, uh, asking them whether they have they need a website or they, they need a point of sale system or they need a logo design and stuff. Um, with my group of friends, uh, you know, all of them are 
outstanding students. They are like got top one, top two, and top three, a grade A and grade B and stuff. So um, all of those, um, you know, genius students, um, they are very good, but um, they are not good at, at talking or convincing people, you know, or good at sell. And selling skill is my expertise. So very good at convincing people. So I, I talk to customer and then I, I find, I, I close the deal, I secure those projects and then um, give it to um, my friends who are very good at some programming and stuff, uh, give them some extra money. So we form a group of, and continue doing that uh, for a while. And then uh, it start to get bored uh, because um, it's like a one-time thing, right? Where you, um, um, cannot reduce of your effort that, that you put in into that, right? You have to always build something new, build something new, build something new and give it away, build something new and give it away. So it's kind of a boring journey for me. Uh, but that's um, allowed me to build my experience of um, um, like a selling skill, you know, um, um, since I talk to different people, different business owner, and then I start to understand a lot of their pain point, of how technology can help their business, um, how, how to, you know, um, kind of like what language I, I should um, um, adapt, you know, in order to make this business owner understand and giving it a try. Um, because at that time, you know, technology or, or we talk about system, it's, it's an alien to them and they scale it. Like it's, it's a cost, it's a burden for them if they were to adapt it. They don't know the use of it, but um, so then we, uh, uh, as a software provider or solution provider, um, we have to kind of like put it in a simple language and more, you know, talk more not on the technology side, but more on how the technology can help to grow their business. And yeah, I find it um, a, a very useful, uh, practical experience for me that, uh, I'm still utilize those um, experience until now, you know, uh, uh, those uh, practical experience that I earned um, during my high school, uh, my university life. Did you find yourself as being a natural salesman? Did the art of sales come to you naturally or was it something that you learned as you approached mm. more business owners, um, more business owners and yeah, that just would be interested to learn a little bit of more mm. about that. Right. I think it both combines uh, with my DNA and uh, how I nurture, right? Um, so I remember when I was a kid, um, not that, that, that little, uh, but my, my, my father is a uh, car broker. So he's a dealer. So um, for the used car, like people in Cambodia, they they park their used car that they, they buy, that they own around the, uh, the park. So at that time, you know, um, my dad, he, he um, did a business of um, providing a public uh, phone service, which means um, at that time, you know, to make a call to your friend, it costs a lot of money. So people will go to the, the public uh, at the corner, the public uh, mobile service at the corner, where they pay um, 500 real to make a minute call, right? So at that time, my, my dad as a, a car brokers and, and dealers, he also run that business. 
So I have to go there and help, you know, um, doing like holding all of those like three, four phones and uh, have to sell customer. And at night I have come back and I have to count the money, right? That we get paid uh, through those uh, branches, so through those outlets around the park. And it's also where I, I, I hear a lot of techniques that those broker, you know, where they, they stand there, they, they sit at the table and they discuss how they, they sell their car, how they convince um, um, the buyer, how they get commission and stuff, right? Yeah, so I, I think I, I learned from uh, my, my, uh, uh, my father a lot, uh, unexpectedly. And uh, at that time, I remember I even asked uh, those uh, broker, my father friend, hey, uncle, um, why, you, why you, you have to you know, um, wait for the customer, right? You park your car at the park, uh, 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 and then uh, you wait for the customer to come to you and, and ask for to see your car. Why don't you upload it to a website or, or to a marketplace? Or, or at that time we have my 24. So, and then I, I learned that um, this guy got a lot of commission when they can um, do the matchmaking uh, between buyer and seller. So I asked them uh, like, you know, when they can uh, do the matchmaking, close the deal, they get like around $500 or $1,000. And at that time, it's a lot. So I think I can be part of their commission. So I asked, hey, uncle, um, can, what if I can help you to get more customer? So, and then I asked them to give me a, a picture of their car and the specification. And then I upload it to a Kumai24 website at that time. Yeah, so it, it's pretty funny. And uh, uh, I think that's how I pick up those um, sales gear and opportunity seeker and business mindset from, from the young age. Wow, and especially at that young age, being able to see that opportunity that not really anyone else who was working in that business at the time was taking advantage of is really incredible, right? It, it's it's something that, you know, you saw an opportunity for a business to grow and, you know, you, you wanted to take advantage of it. And so thinking about that combination between, you know, your, your selling, your sales skills that you learned at an early age, as well as the combination of how you um, learned about computer programming and, and everything around there, it's built a phenomenal foundation for, for your next career step, which was as a, which was founding Book Me Bus. But before that, um, I also read that you were an IT manager as well. Can you talk to us a little bit about your experience there and um, maybe some of the takeaways that you had during mm -hmm. that time? Cool. So, um, so first, I think I, when I graduated in computer science, so I had to code. I think I, I have to find a job related to programming or a developer, software developer. So, and then I start um, hunting for jobs. Um, my first job was a web developer at one of the Malaysian company where I, I got a chance to travel back and forth between Cambodia and Malaysia, uh, go there and, and build a record management system for their warehouse, uh, warehousing business. And uh, I got a chance to meet with uh, Malaysian users, um, how they want this to be done, that to be done, customize the software and the solution for them. 
Um, um, so that's a very good experience. And then so moving from that, uh, another after two years, I got a offer from a Japanese uh, uh, firm, um, IT firm. Uh, I say the I'm, I was the first actually uh, who they recruit in Cambodia. So they am at that time they plan to be a data center in in Cambodia. So I helped them recruit some um, uh, several programmer set up a team in Cambodia here and and work closely with the Japanese tech team in Tokyo. And we also um, have supporting some of their Japanese business uh, businesses in, in Cambodia as well. And just after that, like a year after, and then I found myself that um, I'm not that good or best at um, coding and I'm more like into um, you know uh, like at that time I think I got lost as well I don't know what I want so I just quit uh, from the job and you know uh, free myself for a while uh, go here and there join this event and that events and at that time where I met with, uh, with Tito uh, at Smaller so at that time I heard about Smaller is a organization like uh, a club that um, like people uh, meet there and even if you don't have computer you can go there and uh, they have computer for you to learn coding and stuff uh, so like many great people is there so um, I, I was shy at that time like it take me like a few trial to really finally go and visit a smaller at in Dukov at that time uh, so Luckily, the, my first visit, I, I met with a T2 and, and then we have a chat and uh, he asked me, hey, uh, Smova is running uh, a boom camp program. It's like an accelerator program. At the time, startup thing is super new. Even with a T, it's new to him as well. And he's run a accelerator program. Can you imagine that? Okay, so he asked me long to pick a, pick a business idea and uh, uh, join my, my program, you will be trained. So um, I think, yeah, I don't have an idea, but so then thing coming to think of it. And while I was working, I used to think about that um, freelance side jobs and um, that um, share taxi booking platform stuff. So then I, I choose the, the transportation stuff, which is a, a book me bus to enroll in his program. And there are only four um, um, teams in that program. Um, so um, three already dropped to date, and I'm the only one who survived uh, until now. And at that time, I think it's pretty new. Um, um, I, don't, I, I do the pitch, uh, even without know what pitch is. But he just, okay, go on stage, go on stage, just talk, talk whatever you want to talk and stuff right so we i i learning by doing i mean uh, i started to learn uh, uh, things related to entrepreneurship and stuff but uh, by doing it and um, go through all the challenges all the scrutiny from the actual investor and those competition that i i joined uh, like uh, it was so challenging you know when you go and, and face all of those circumstances uh, well, when when those audience you know, investor ask you about those number, those market size, 
a business model where you even don't know what you want to do. You just want to solve a single problem, right? Where you want to travel free. You want to have people get on the bus, uh, get their ticket confirmed, and that's it. Why you ask me such a, a crazy number, right? Yeah, just keep it simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. So it's it's a very interesting journey for me. Yeah, that's that's incredible, and really the fact that you know you you ran into Ritti and and joined him on this, you know, you know, joined uh, the 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 program at that early time, and the you know fast forward to today, seeing, you know, how successful Book Me Bus is. It's a really incredible journey. And it's something that we will dive into in a minute here. I did want to ask you a little, another question, and this may be fast forwarding a little bit, but in 2017, you did a trip to the U.S. through the International Visitor Leadership Program, where you had the opportunity to sit at the same table with a lot of leaders in the tech space at the time and previous guests as well and rising giants that we had, such as Ritti, uh, Sopik Monkol, uh, and Kunila, and many more to discuss the positives of investing in Cambodia and uh, things of, of this nature. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about some of the takeaways you had during that time in the program. Uh, it, was, it, it sounded like it was a very interesting uh, three weeks that you had there, and I uh, was I'm really curious just to hear what, um, what that was like. Mm, um, that is an amazing trip. Uh, Frankly speaking, um, so the, my first impression is um, to get a visa to US. Where since I was a kid, my parent, my relative, like um, they value about um, you know going to US, visiting United States a lot. So I finally get a visa, and once I enter um, US, United States, and when I arrive, and then my relative um, asked me how you come here. I said, I just uh, went through a 10 minute interview at the embassy and then they gave me the visa. And then it was like so impressed, you know, uh, with that process. And then I start to really appreciate my entrepreneurship journey uh, more and more, you know, day by day. Like this is an incredible journey that um, I would be a lot regretful if I, I wouldn't make the tea, I would not um, start this uh, business or, or this idea. Um, so talking about the trip, um, we got a chance to visit um, several states uh, in the United States. Um, so the most amazing part is with the uh, Silicon Valley, where we visited Facebook, um, Google, and Samsung and, and stuff. But the most um, incredible part for me is, I still remember is, I get a chance to meet with Instacart and the co-founder, right? They really spend time to meet with us and we have a discussion. We tell them about Cambodia, how the startup scene here look like and also got to learn about their business and their challenges. And at the time, like, you know, I really like solving problems. So the two co-founders of um, Instacart told me their problem and then I, I I randomly give them a, a solution and a suggestion. And then um, they say, wow, um, this is actually interesting. And they, they, why they don't think about it, something like that. Yeah, so I, I, I really like um, those people uh, in, uh, in San Francisco, where you know a lot of um, um, businesses, a lot of startups, a lot of entrepreneurs, 
um, they graduated from MIT, um, Harvard and stuff. And the most interesting part is a, a team, uh, a team of two that just, you know, started the idea, work on the idea for a month without even have a product. And then they raised like um, 5 million, 10 million, 30 million US dollar and stuff. Like I said, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> Something uh, that uh, we've been able to do it in Cambodia. Uh, yes, so, and, and um, that will be a takeaway that is to inspire by those um, 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 startup, uh, those unicorn and the teams, uh, the business idea, how hungry they are, you know, in solving problem and expanding the market. And we also get a chance to visit some accelerator uh, company, uh, but sadly not by Combinator. We, we failed to get the appointment with by Combinator. It, one of my, my list at the time. Uh, yes. And how did that experience um, help you with, you know, thinking more about Book Me Bus and growing that business back in Cambodia? I think it's more like an eye-opening of the developed country while you are in a developing country, right? Um, there's a lot of things that is far different, the culture, the market size, and stuff, all right? So um, frankly speaking, uh, we, we are not, uh, I personally not able to um, utilize um, those um, network from the US much, um, but more like um, the inspirations, um, 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 lesson learned from their, their experience in the US and, and those guys as well, they, um, US market is already big, right? So they also don't, really get to experience Asia market as well. Um, um, yeah, so um, that's not pretty much that we really can um, take away and, and apply into Cambodian market where we are really far different in terms of um, the culture, the readiness of our ecosystem as well. Uh, but um, we try, what we can do is to, at that time is to um, tell them about Cambodia, tell them about um, ASEAN country uh, and, and what is the opportunity and ask them to have a visit if they have, uh, if they have time in the future or their business grow and want to expand further and, and why not Cambodia, right? Yeah, okay, you know, I, yeah, I agree. Um, and, uh... On, on the point of like book me bus and you know thinking about how you know being back and, and and growing that business how is that how's that developed it up to the present day what what does like what does book me bus look like today versus um you know in in the beginning when it was that sort of simple idea of just trying to um make people's lives easier in in, in relation to transport like what 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 does book me bus um mm. sort of do today uh, so um right i got you so um, thinking back to what we have done um, to, that in, to that bus industry, right? Uh, transportation industry, uh, specifically with bus, uh, intercity bus. Um, we were very proud, um, actually, though we are not a unicorn yet um, or, or a, a successful where we raise uh, millions of dollars like, um, like other in the region yet, 
but we kind of proud of what we really have, um, you know, in that industry, how we um, um, digital like um, this space uh, with the um, transport operator, how do we help them go online so that we can attract more international tourists um, to Cambodia because one day they go online, one we digitalize them, we distribute their seat inventory, you know, to other platform like ourselves in China, like Sea Trip, like um, 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 uh, in Thailand, in, in Malaysia, in Korea, in Japan. So we have all those booking platform network where we call online travel agent. Uh, we even have um, um, bus bus in Canada also connects to our platform and sell Cambodian bus tickets. So um, that's something big that we think we, that we we really proud of because um, um, we saw Cambodian on the map. We put Cambodia on the map of those uh, uh, tourism markets where we can attract more and more foreigner, more and more international international visitor to come to visit Cambodia, right? And um, second things um, we also feel good, you know, when we see that um, every bus operator in Cambodia right now, they have their own mobile app. They have their own website. They have online booking. They can even accept online payment, right? So um, we, we, we really um, um, proud and really happy that we are the one behind this, right? Of this transformation where, you know, SME, uh, uh, we call it SME, uh, those transport operator, like they, even they own only uh, or operate only a few vans, mini vans, but they really see the value of technology of um, having mobile app, of having online booking mirror to, to their business. So um, if, if you live in Cambodia, um, you would notice that um, this guy, this transport operator, um, they have, their own technology uh, where you, in order to go to Siem Reap, in order to go to Kofong Island, in order to go to Ho Chi Minh, Vietnam or Bangkok, Thailand, it, it, you can just, you know, grab your smartphone and then with a few click, you get your ticket confirmed, right? And you even don't need to, to speak Cambodian language when you bought a bus. You just need to show them a QR code and then they scan and then they check you in. And so that's pretty, pretty, um, um, good uh, and we feel good about about this transformation that we have done in the market. Okay, yeah, and 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 so okay, so you talk about how this transformation has taken place. Um, what about other aspects of your business? What, how how are you looking to um, to expand the business into into other like verticals? How how has how has COVID and the pandemic impacted what you do, and how are you trying to adapt? Mm. So um, actually, uh, we grow a lot in 2019 uh, before the pandemic. And at the times um, we were obsessed about expanding uh, our market beyond Cambodia. So we give it a try to uh, expand into Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam and in Thailand as well. Uh, we are with me and my co-founder, we traveled there uh, several times, you know, just to, um, um, survey the market, um, talk to a few friends there to see if we really can fit into the market, we will our product really fit in. And we lucky enough to sign up five operators in Vietnam uh, within just uh, uh, a few months. 
And we have also got two operators in Thailand. So Thai, Thailand is very challenging for us to go to actually. But with Vietnam, um, things are pretty, pretty similar to Cambodia uh, with those transport operators. Um, so they like the idea a lot. Um, um, they like the, the way that, you know, um, monies go to their own bank account and they have their own website and mobile app, right? Uh, so we use the same approach that is successful in Cambodia. We give them the ownership, right? Uh, so they like it and they, they, they are willing to move. And Vietnam is a way bigger market than Cambodia, right? Um, almost a hundred million population there. And still, <clears throat> sorry, there's a lot of thing uh, uh, to do in, 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 in that, those markets. But then the pandemic come and um, we also um, have to scale down a lot of our operation and stuff. And uh, tourism hit very hard at that time because of the travel restrictions and stuff. And um, I've also pressure uh, and down at that time as well, where we trying to find a way out of this, right? Instead of um, keep laying off our employee a month by month, more and more people. Uh, and then I told my team that um, if we keep doing this and, and at the end, we going to lay ourselves, uh, the founding team off as well. Um, so let's try something. So at that time, it, it's not successful actually, but um, I did a try and I'm happy that I tried it. So I, I propose a, a um, because at that time, I know that other country already experienced it, right? Because of the lockdown. So Cambodia is going to lockdown too. And that's my assumption. So why, why pack all our bus at the garage where you also have to pay fee for the parking fee? Why not get these buses and minivan moving? So, um, so I propose a grocery, mobile grocery. So where we take all the seat out and then put a grocery self um, in, in the bus and then go and park at all the beret and, and, and community and, and, and areas where, you know, um, there are my people, you know, who who scared to go to Minimart or supermarket and they can, you know, simply book from the app and then they come and, and sell, pick up from the bus that is there, right? Yeah, um, so there's also at that time, like um, our partner also support us because they have really have no choice. They have to close down, almost have to close down their business. They cannot afford the rental, you know, their employee, their staff as well. So they give it a try, they, they join us, but um, even with a few investors as well, also interested in, in investing in the idea, but um, then um, there is no lockdown happen in, in, uh, back in uh, early 2020. So then uh, the idea was not uh, successful, um, but that um, experience creates another opportunity for, for us, for the, for the team. Uh, then um, after when the thing lockdown really happened, and one of our partner, uh, the biggest logistic uh, company in Cambodia, which is um, with that one time. Uh, so the, the, the founder called me, hey, along the uh, last time I, I noticed that you have a solution uh, to, to, to do those groceries, right? Um, so, so now I want to do it. Uh, so can you share some experience? Right? I said, well, wow, finally, the, the idea works. The lockdown happened. 
And this guy who owns a lot of buses interested in, in the same idea. So why not? So I help him, I advise him this and that and stuff. And then we will be able to kill it all. And then it leads to another uh, business partnership. So we both um, 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 do a joint venture on the e-commerce space called Weeting. Uh, so then uh, Bus as a tech enabler, with um, one time as a leading logistic players. And then we both um, do a joint venture uh, in doing an e-commerce business. Wow, that's 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 really great to hear how you've uh, how you've thought about things differently and tried to innovate during such a well a, you know a, a tough time for uh, the, the sector that you that you're in. Um, what 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 have been um, some of the main competitors in, in the market, and how have you how have you tried to differentiate yourself um, like moving forward, like for 2022? How do you how do you aim to like um, look at the market differently? I think um, <clears throat> for our bus um, business, um, to, uh, tourism as a whole, I think it will take some time more um, to recover bit by bit, right? Um, so we cannot um, rely on tourism uh, business right now. And we are lucky enough to also, um, you know, um, having all of the things um, done most of the things done automatically, just like right now when the border is open, we notice that a bit very less uh, marketing activity, but um, Cambodian travelers still remember us. They still use the service, right? And, and when they use the service, we also um, don't use many people to support customer us before anymore. Like we only put one customer service um, um, to reply email for cancellation or reschedule and stuff. And then that's it. All of the ticket confirmation is done automatically, right? Um, because um, um, these bus operators in Cambodia are on our system. They use our system to record their ticket sale and stuff. So we have that kind of like instant confirmation. Uh, so we are lucky uh, for, for the bus business. And um, um, we also, um, beside Bobby Bus, we uh, we running a e-commerce and logistic uh, business with our partner, um, where it's pretty new. It's just a year right now, a year old right now. And it's also growing pretty good as well, um, thanks to the um, um, our partner network, right? Because of the existing infrastructure that we build and the customer that we already having. So we, we just basically build a, a, a good um, um, platform, a powerful um, platform where we can help you know, um, um, logistic customer to sell on our platforms. So the main customer of Vajabuntam um, Logistics is those who sell online, those who live stream on Facebook. So we think our e-commerce platform role is to convert them, uh, providing them an, an, an alternative uh, channel to, to sell to their customer, right? Where they don't have to reply to every chart anymore, where they don't have to um, um, do all the payment collection by themselves anymore, right? Things are pretty automatic on, on our app. And since they're already using the logistics service, so it's um, it's a one app that they can have access and do all the services in, in that smart device. 
Okay, and yeah, you talk more about the uh, the e-commerce and logistics space in in Cambodia. How crowded would you say that market is in general? Like during the during the pandemic, we've obviously seen quite a lot of new startups be launched that are doing logistics or e-commerce. Do you think that it's too crowded, or do you think it, there's still room for many more players? I think it's it's very crowded, but it also there's a a room for a more player as well because. Um, it's actually e-commerce uh, and log- actually it's, it's logistic that is a very, uh, the business that we are going to. Um, e-commerce will take a while more for the market to really educate it. Because right now, when you talk about, um, 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 I mean, technology adaptation, it's only happened in Phnom Penh city or Siem Reap, you know, even Siem Reap are less. Other than that, other city, um, they are not quite familiar with all of these um, um, online services. So um, we think e-commerce um, right now, it's good to start now to, to start educating the market, but um, the business um, is not a profitable business. Um, it will have to burn out a lot of money and we are not like Lazada or Shopee, right? right? Um, so um, we, don't fo- we don't really you know, um, expect uh, to earn from our e-commerce business. So our strategy is um, to onboard, to have those um, sellers that sell on Facebook to come and sell here. And we, we right now even run a campaign of um, taking zero commission from those products that sold on our platform or through our platform. Um, so we trying to monetize more from the logistic services. So um, currently, we, we are running a, a last mile delivery arm called VDUC. Um, so VDUC is a, a aggregator of uh, freelance independent um, driver who, you know, they have got um, spare time or during their non-peak hour with other businesses or other apps. So they can start serving uh, into this space, earning more extra income as well. And so uh, we just done a, a MOU with Vida uh, Bontam, our strategic partner, um, to serve a door-to-door service and to build more um, um, delivery arms, drivers um, in Cambodia. Okay, that, that, sounds, that sounds a very like, interesting new venture. Is that, is that, is that something that's going to be part of, uh, part of Book Me Bus as a joint venture? Will it be its own new entity that you're raising uh, capital for? It's, it's a new entity uh, with our joint ventures. So um, um, the joint ventures own two services, which, is, uh, which are e-commerce and logistic business. So um, um, WeDuck is uh, kind of like a, so e- we think it's an e-commerce marketplace. It's like a text enabler, but with WeDuck, it's a delivery arm um, where our strategic partner we at one time is best at mid-mile and WeDuck is the first and last mile where we deliver um, the parcel that arrive at those 600 um, hub nationwide to the door of the receiver. Okay, yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, for instance, we just had Wing Mall uh, come on the podcast, and I think that's also another example of someone that's trying to have this like end-to-end logistics and uh, de- delivery service for any type of goods. Um, we would love to just also touch on a few topics related to uh, the startup ecosystem in Cambodia. 
what what do you consider the um the number one challenge for for startups uh, like today in, in Cambodia what what do you think is uh, the, the biggest issue that they run into mm, interesting question uh, so first I think um, the access to funding but actually it's not um, after quite a while of experiencing in myself and talk to different people I think the the main challenge for us running startup in Cambodia is about the startup knowledge, the founder themselves, the entrepreneur themselves, which means um, because of this thing is quite new in, in our country and there's a lot of things that we don't know. Um, so most of the time we fail to impress investor because we, we, we don't know, you know, um, how we can be a trust to get millions of dollars from investor, right? Very few can do that in here. Um, we don't know the number, we don't know the market, we don't really know clearly about our business model and stuff. Um, so I think that is the big issue um, where we need, you know, um, more and more experienced mentor, experienced entrepreneur, experienced um, um, tax company to come to the market, compete with them, so learn from them, talk to them, you know, um, do something. Um, this is quite important, you know, or we, we a younger generation, a, a, a tech startup um, would end up, you know, giving up, right? Um, after years of being the market and you still this small, you still not growing, you still fail to, to raise fund and stuff. Um, that's, that's, uh, that's not good. And um, sometimes we, we are too inspired by the tech giant, right? how those, that company or that startup in Thailand, in Malaysia, or in Vietnam, or in Indonesia raised 300 million US dollar, um, month after month, um, year after years. So we, we like, we forgot the fact that we are in Cambodia, right? So we really have to sometimes limit ourselves um, from, sorry, from um, getting too inspired by, by um, our friends in other country and really start to um, see what is our strength, what is Cambodia's strength and what we should focus on. And especially on, you know, you know um, doing the business that uh, being profitable is really important. And especially sustainable in the long run as well, where we, we can be, be ready and prepare um, when our international competitor come into the market and we still survive, we still be able to sustain. I think that is the key element that um, uh, Cambodian needs and that knowledge is, is a must, is a need for us. Yeah, I think that that is one interesting thing is that there are there isn't that um, in many sectors, there's not that much international competition yet. And so it does, as you say, it allows that time for Cambodian uh, leaders in particular verticals to to get ready for when that does happen. Um, you, you talked about the access to funding in Cambodia. Could you just break that down a little bit more by um, where you think it's easy to get access, you know, maybe by sector and also by like size? of your company, whether you're trying to raise for an angel round versus like a, um, a later round. I just, I just wondered if you see any um, differences there. Mm. Right, so um, I think access to funding when you are at the early stage, I think it's not hard. 
um, um, many many investors out there who um, want to be part of your early journey and um, they would not um, care much about um, whether you have a clear business model, whether you know your market side, whether you do a good financial projection and stuff. Um, I think that is easy. But um, at the latter rounds, like um, um, I could say start from um, seed funding and then not to mention Serie A funding, it will be, you know, um, um, the X quite firm, a few firm as well, um, who do that. But I think um, um, it's pretty challenging uh, for both the startup themselves and the um, investor side as well. Because like I said, um, um, most of um, the entrepreneur in Cambodia, um, we are quite a bit less experienced, right? Um, to be able to really convene investor or those VC that we we really a money making machine for them, and uh, so it, it's hard. And with the VC side as well, I think um, they kind of like expect a lot from a a um, the startup here. They, for example, like um, if it is the early stage startup or seed stage round where the investor should not expect much from, from um, the company, right? Rather than the team themselves, um, how commitment they are, how knowledgeable they are, um, how good they are in, in um, achieving their goal. Um, but actually um, some of them, you know, um, don't think like that. They more like um, pretty um, 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 cautious about um, not to lose their money. Um, even they know that this at the early stage or seed stage. So they um, expect that the, the team is that knowledgeable, that experience um, and, and have uh, traction and stuff uh, to, to, in order to be um, ready for the investment. So that's what I observed so far. And uh, in terms of funding, I think there's a lot, a lot of money here. But question is whether we entrepreneur, we startup is ready to get the money and be at the trust. That's that's a really um, interesting way of looking at it. I, I I like that sort of. In many many people we have on here sort of do say it, it's hard, but I think uh, it's good to hear this this uh, this other perspective. Um, but I think yeah, I agree. At the early stage, I think if you can present well, um, that first that first angel round does seem to be um, pretty pretty accessible. Um, is there any particular uh, sectors where you've seen more activity, where you think, uh, you know, it's quite easy to raise as of now and, and which, which ones are particularly hard? With my tourism things, no one want to talk about tourism with me anymore. <laughs> so um, now I, I almost am gearing up on, you know, reaching out to investors talking about tourism business. Um, but I, um, just a bit, little bit of uh, demotivated, but I, I don't think I will give up because I believe that I still talk to really less, uh, not not many enough yet to investor. Um, and um, the best approach right now is not to talk to the international investor at this time with the pandemic thing, right? 
where they don't understand Cambodian market, how Cambodian um, um, respond to the, the pandemic crisis. So it would be really hard to talk about um, um, tourism to get money from the international investor. Um, so the sexiest uh, uh, business right now, it's um, the fintechs, um, the, the um, health techs like PLTech themselves um, that I have advising and uh, logistic business, of course, logistic and e-commerce. There's rooms, uh, uh, the market is pretty big for, for these guys. And um, actually I really love um, logistic things um, just because we are lucky enough that we have a, a good strategic partner like Verabontam who already built a, a logistic infrastructure, right? For 20 years already. So we just um, come in and uh, innovate a little bit, um, improve the efficiency a little bit, and then boom, um, um, we start making money. Um, so I really like that, that business and, and it is what I'm focusing on right now too, um, how to improve those efficiencies, how to, you know, um, having our driver to deliver more and more parcel, you know, on their daily basis, right? Um, how to save time and how to um, move things that is offline to online. Um, just the first day that I, I come to see logistic business of my partner, where he delivered thousands of parcels daily, uh, back and forth, back and forth uh, between city uh, here and there. So most of the labels, you know, it's being hand written on, on those labels stick on the parcel. That oh my God, you, you miss a lot of data opportunity, right? Um, yeah, so so that those are the um, opportunity that I see, uh, the industry that I think is, is um, very good right now during the pandemic and even after the pandemic, it's gonna be um, very big. And the pandemic itself also, in, in, I mean, increase the number of online um, um, penetration, more and more people get to use um, services online just like Piedek themselves, um, I'm impressed that, you know, there's people who, who go um, into his store online and, and buy medicine and even book a, a lab test, home lab test, you know, this is impressive. Yeah, and so, yes, yeah, so you just talked about like, um, you know, which sectors have been easy to, to raise right now. What about if you were, if you were an investor in Cambodia, what about um, sectors maybe that aren't, Focus as much on technology. Um, do you have Do you have any other sectors that you think are still sort of interesting investment opportunities that maybe more like in the in like boring businesses or um, like some of these non tech businesses in Cambodia? What do you see any opportunity uh, there as like an investor? For Sorry, I have no ideas about um, non tech businesses. Um, um, that would not be my interest. Um, uh, right now, uh, so I'm only interested in observing the tech space so far. So I'm sorry, I cannot answer the question. Oh no, okay, no, I just, no, exactly. I just, I was just wondering if, uh, if there are any other sectors that you find interesting that aren't sort of um, as as focused on technology. But uh, no, it makes okay. sense that you know you are, you've been in technology all your, like you know all your career, and so this is where you um where you see the opportunity. And I, I think mostly I. I think that mostly Dom and I would, would, would agree that most, uh, mostly I, I love the, I love the business that, that we start can start from with little money, but then the benefit 
is a lot um, more um, money and um, it's unstoppable and the scalability is high and you know kind of like no one can stop it and the more it's bigger the more impact it creates so i'm really in love with those ideas mm, okay okay and uh, just last question from me before i pass it back to dom um you know you talk about a lot of this um a lot of this adaption that you've had to go through as a as a founder and ceo of, of book me bust in, in these really crazy times what do you think has been the most important characteristic you've had to cultivate as a CEO in order to kind of get through these times? Ah, um, that's a very hard question. Um, so I think um, better if you don't really, even you have a CEO, but don't do CEO stuff. I mean, don't, don't, don't really be a CEO. Um, why? Um, because that role is, um, it's, you know, you have to do more than just um, that role. For example, like in front of my um, um, team, I see myself more as a trainer um, where, you know, I have to go really into um, um, their department. In, for example, like accounting, sometimes I have to go and sit there and see how they, they do their work. Um, and I, I see a lot of, uh, you know, um, um, improvement that we can do uh, and we can save a lot of time. And so um, I would take some of my times, uh, um, sit down, you know, with um, those teams um, in customer service and accounting and IT, you know, some to really um, um, more like telling them the soft skill that they should possess. Um, to be more a bit more open-minded open-minded and a bit more innovative right don't obsess with um, doing the same thing over over and over again you they have to really they have to be lazy they have to when when people are lazy they try to think uh, a better a better way to do work to be more efficient and, and even more effective so i see myself as a trainer um, in the company but um, with um, the the other people, especially with business partner, um, I'm more like an advisor. Um, how you know to do this and that? Uh, let I propose this and that. Um, how we we can grow the business? How uh, make uh, our partnership better and stuff? But to an, the investor, um, I really have to be a money making machine uh, in front of investor. So that's what I see myself um, on my daily basis is um, not to be a CEO, not to just, you know, a CEO, but more than, more than that role is um, to, you know, play different role, uh, do whatever, you know, uh, uh, that is necessary for you to do in order to um, sustain the business, in order to grow the team, to grow the business and to get more, you know, um, um, network more um, partnerships and deal and stuff. Yeah, completely understand as well as just being a jack of all trades in a sense. And as we transition to this last section of the podcast, I uh, want to ask you a couple of fun questions. Uh, one of them being on what timeline do you think that humans should be inhabiting Mars? I have no idea about that. Some, 
I think um, um, we, we should um, care more about the problem we are facing right now with um, um, especially, um, you know, that, that question reminds me of the conversation between Jack Ma and Elon Musk, where they put them together, right? And the whole conversation is pretty um, funny. And yeah, I think uh, to answer this question, uh, uh, I would not care about the mask yet, uh, but I would be on Jack Ma's side, which is to, you know, kind of like improving our uh, living standard, uh, people living standard, make it easier, more accessible, um, um, educate more people, more and more pe people get educate, education and stuff. No, understand. And it's actually ironic that, that you mentioned uh, Jack Ma. And one thing I want to ask you quickly as well is you were or are currently the country ambassador uh, for the Alibaba eFounder Fellowship. Could you quickly tell us about what your experience has like been uh, being part of that fellowship? Ah, uh, yes. Um, so before that ambassador's things, um, I was so lucky and fortunate to um, really, you know, visited um, Alibaba headquarters in Hangzhou and spent 11 days there and get the charm to learn from all their business unit, uh, all the business leader of those uh, businesses come and spend one hour, take turn to do a presentation about how they started, what are the challenges, what are the solutions and stuff. Um, that's pretty um, um, useful. Um, and I remember that only the first day that I spent there and I already want to come back uh, to back to Cambodia and just you know focus on you know executing uh, my ideas or what I got inspired uh, from from the the training, yeah. So um, China is um, it's pretty interesting of how Alibaba you know really grow the market, um, transform the market in China, such a big market and really even influence to other country as well. Um, I learn a lot from from that programs and so that's. Um, I love the strategy as well. Um, so they recruited all the um, um, successful startups around Asia. Uh, in total, in my batch, there are seven, uh, 37 uh, uh, founder and entrepreneur around Asia uh, come. And we got a chance to also learn from those successful um, um, founder who they, uh, in other market, right? Uh, bigger market, they, they raised, um, millions of dollars already. And uh, all of them uh, has a plan to expand into Cambodia as well. So good good networking, good um, connection uh, with them and lesson learned from, from them as well. Um, and with the fellowship uh, ambassador here, um, the plan is you know, to, to, to build a community and uh, uh, spread the, the lesson learned, spread the um, um, good takeaway uh, that we got from Alibaba to really uh, build a text community here, inspired by that, and um, get hands, you know, um, really do hands to each other who is in need, you know, um, because we believe that um, in this journey you cannot be alone. Um, you need to um, get connected and help one another 
And because at the end of the day, when one, the ecosystem is built, one, the community is built, it's good for the industry as a whole. Couldn't agree more on that. And speaking of other founders and individuals that have been important in your life, either early on or growing business, who are some of the mentors that you looked up to or worked with during this time that really helped you grow and uh, broaden your perspective? One person I think is uh, the teacher that I mentioned earlier in the, our conversations, or who's um, he's, he's like a very forward thinker. I think on, in Cambodia, he's the only one who, who thinks that far ahead of us. And um, yeah, and I also um, want to take this opportunity to thanks to um, David Bitti. He, he was one of the angel investors at my early journey. Um, at the time, I don't really see him that, you know, um, half full. But only now when you go through a lot of up and down things, and you start to value what he speak back then, like like the tea that I experienced, right? What he's told us um, five years, six years ago that this thing is stupid, but now it's really something. Um, so I remember that at my early days, um, David Betty, um, he scrutinized me a lot. He challenged me a lot. I, he almost made me like, I look so stupid when I talk to him, but I don't want to talk to him because, um, we don't speak the same language, I feel. But then I remember at that time, he told me, Langda, your business, you need to offer your management system to the bus operator for free. I said, this guy is stupid. Um, why should I, I focus on that? Why I, I should not focus on selling my ticket? Because when I sell one ticket, I get $1 as a commission. Why should I focus on giving a, a free a management system to transport operator? And then only now, only um, after three years, four years, and then I realized that he's right. <laughs> so thanks, thanks to David Bitti and other angel investors in Cambodia as well, who helped me um, along this journey, uh, who cares, who, um, you know, always follow up, always ask. And to my investor as well, who believe in uh, the team and still continue um, helping, you know, even during the pandemic, uh, uh, they still, you know, give us some more funding, you know, to really go through this journey. Yeah, thank you. And it's really interesting, too, because uh, it's like you mentioned, it's only until later down the road that you can look back and really appreciate that advice. It's, uh, it's very interesting. And you mentioned about how you had faced a lot of challenges and adversity and doubt, how did, how do you handle that on a day-to-day -day when you have these challenges? Um, how do you go about um, approaching them or how do you not let it overwhelm you? I think um, this entrepreneur journey, it's um, especially being the, the founder or CEO is the, the loneliest job in the world, I feel. Um, but we ourselves, we go through a lot of those challenges, like almost every day there are problems for us to solve. And we do many, many roles, right, in the company. So um, we have to, you know, know how to get up when we down. Um, we have to get up very quickly and we have to know how 
So in that journey, I always tell myself and my colleagues that um, you need a mentor. Um, so you are not perfect. You don't know everything. Um, sometimes um, we don't know what we lack of. Um, we need someone um, that is um, outside of our company and so that they can think really out of the box, right? And pinpoint of what we haven't done, what we haven't thought of and stuff. So we need a mentor for sure. And um, there's sometimes that um, no matter how much you try to get things, um, when it's not yours, it's not yours. So it's not the time, the right time for you. So you just learn to let things go sometimes, uh, be patient, um, think more strategically. Uh, uh, it's okay to go a bit slower, uh, but make sure that it's, it's sustainable and it's so a bigger problem uh, or a bigger impact um, later on. So that's what I, I learned, especially during this pandemic, when uh, no one want to talk to us because we are in tourism business. And uh, uh, why was so, so pressured um, by investor, was so pressured by the team, the founding team, because we run off cash and uh, we try to figure out how we can survive. This guy give this idea, that guy give another idea. Like you, you are the decision maker at the end of the day and where you have to you know, balance it. Um, Sometimes you, you don't want to demotivate uh, people and, but you have to speak nicely, professionally and pick the best solution for, for the company, right? So it's very tough, uh, this journey. So one thing is um, having a mentor. More mentors is better because um, some mentors are good at A, and some mentors are good at B. Um, and you have to pick the smartest one that really you know, have influence on your, your, your life, on your business, or your, on your journey. Another thing is to, um, um, you know, it's okay to be slow. Uh, sometimes it's okay to lose, it's okay to, to um, um, not achieving what you expected, um, but, you know, give some times. No, understand. And that's both of those are, are great pieces of advice as well. Um, patience and finding a good support system and uh, people that you can speak to about these kind of challenges specifically. And I, our traditional closing question that we like to ask each of our guests is what's, what is the most important piece of advice that you've ever been given? Um, that I ever given? Or I been, think, yeah, been given. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it's important in whatever we do. Uh, I think in general, not just in running a business. Um, is to focus and by focus it um, means a lot more than what we we might think we know um, so I guess we all have a um, lot of opportunity in front of us and um, by human nature we we seem to be more greedy uh, and most of the time we confuse the word um, greed greed and ambition um, that's what I learned from the tea as well. Um, so opportunity are there, but um, 
it doesn't mean that we need to take all the opportunity that's in front of us, or it doesn't mean that it's belong to us. Sometimes we just need to be focused on uh, what's that we good at or our strength is, and just keep you know um, developing it, um, making it better and better, um, so that we'll also influence um, our decision as well, right? What to do and what not to do whether that idea or that opportunity it link or it related to our core business or not, right? And um, yes, uh, I'm not sure if I am understood about that focus thing. No, that's, that's really great. And thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and Max and I really want to thank you again for taking the time to speak with us today. We've really appreciated every minute of it. And it's been so interesting to learn about your journey as well as how you found Book Me Bus and everything that uh, you've done for the company up to this moment today. And we really look forward to seeing your continued success into 2022. So thank you for coming on. Mm -hmm.